1: Pitt Volleyball is in the tournament, and they are ready to make another run. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of Olympic Gold and Blue here on the Pit Talk Network. I am Corey Cohen, and in this episode, we are going to be talking all things pit Volleyball as they enter the NCAA tournament looking to win a national championship. With me talking volleyball is James Santelli. James, thank you so much for coming back on to talk all things pit Volleyball with me.
0: Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it. And this is the time of year that we volleyball fans have been waiting for. So it's
1: exciting. Oh, yes. Yeah. Volleyball season is quite long. The regular season is. And uh, we finally made it here. Uh, it's about to turn into December. And that con- that means it's tournament time. And with that means a huge opportunity for the Pit Panthers. So let's talk just briefly about the regular season. They finished 25-4, and 16-2 in the ACC. They were co-ACC champions yet again. Their only losses this season were to BYU, Oregon, Louisville, Florida State. Overall, in your opinion, James, how did the regular season go? Well, it was impressive for sure.
0: And first and foremost, and Dan Fisher, the head coach, has talked about it. What you want to do when you're heading into the season at this point in the, in the Pitt program and what he's built, is you look to win an ACC title and you look to get top four overall in order to get a number one seed in the tournament. And they did both of those things. So the regular season is a rousing success. But even beyond that, seeing how the freshman hitters, Olivia Babcock and Tori Stafford, have developed, seeing how Emma Monks as a transfer from Michigan State has come in and been so dominant on the block as a middle blocker, seeing players like Emmy Klicka in her first full year as a starter be one of the most impressive liberos in the conference and see it all build up into what we saw a couple weeks ago and I'm sure we'll touch on the big win against Louisville at the Peterson Event Center there was so much to be proud of from this season and it's it's a testament to the the coaching a testament to the the players and their development and just shows you that this pit program just continues to find new ways to achieve success.
1: Yeah, it's really been incredible that they've been able to achieve this top 4 position, this one seed, this regional that they will be hosting and that's that's going to be uh an advantage that they they haven't gotten and we'll see how that plays in. So they are a one seed In their regional, that means top four team in the country. The other teams: Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Stanford. And as I just said, that means home court advantage. So they're going to be playing either at the Peterson Event Center or at the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse for the entire regional, as long as they keep winning. How big is that? That if Pitt makes say an Elite Eight matchup, that they wouldn't have to do that on the road. That they could do that in front of their home fans. How huge is that? That they were able to secure that one seat. Corey, it's crucial, and it is rare to
0: have something like this in sports where the difference between being, you know, number four in the country and number five is so vast. I mean, you you look at the, say, the NCAA football, the college football playoff. Yeah, your matchup is based on where you slot in one through four, but you're still going to play, you know, at another stadium. March Madness, same thing. Everybody wants to get a number one seed in March Madness, and you want to be at one of the arenas close to home, but nobody's playing in their own home gym, their own home arena. So this is huge for Pitt when you consider that basically it came down to, and the the head of the selection committee said, they were very close between having Pitt as the final number one seed and Louisville as the final number one seed. And you're talking about the difference between having to play for a spot in the Final Four, potentially, if all the seeds go through, having that game be at the KFC Yum Center or in the in the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. So it is absolutely crucial, and it was a huge advantage for Pitt to get the win that they got at the P, to get enough top 10 and top 25 wins, and to get the what the committee deems as wins against common opponents. Basically, if Pitt and Louisville both played the same team, they count that and they match it up, and Pitt had more wins against those common opponents. All that came into play, and here we are, Pitt with a chance to host all the way through uh, until the Final Four in Tampa.
1: Yeah, and you talk about home court advantage specifically with Louisville, specifically in what could be an Elite Eight matchup, and we saw this season Pitt lost in Louisville at the KFC Yum Center, and they won in Pittsburgh. So certainly could go a long way in terms of, you know, the difference between a win and a loss is playing at home, and Pitt's going to be able to play at home if they keep winning. So there's a long path. Let's first start with the matchup coming on Friday night, December 1st, 7 p.m. against Coppin State. With pit volleyball, and I guess really in general with NCAA volleyball, how likely and and on the other end, how rare is it for a first round upset or even a not even necessarily a win, but even just a deep match from one of these teams? We're recording this shortly after Louisville actually lost the first set uh, in their first round match, then they ended up going to win the next three what are the chances that Pitt faces a tough challenge in this and could go four or five sets versus this should be relatively easy?
0: No, it should be relatively easy. It, it should be a straight set sweep, but I'm glad you brought up Louisville dropping that opening set to right state because that does happen. There are matches that go four sets, occasionally even five in these opening rounds for a true favorite playing at home that it should be easier than that. Um, but Honestly, they're few and far between, particularly in the NCAA volleyball tournament, which is very chalky, especially compared to say other college sports tournaments like men's and women's March Madness, or especially soccer tournaments, which can go all sorts of different ways and all sorts of upsets. But there will be a lot of chalk, a lot of favorites winning. Um, And on the on the first night of the tournament, at least as we're recording this, Oregon's game hasn't Oregon's match hasn't gone through. But the the biggest upsets have been essentially. Ten over seven in and in, in basketball March Madness parlance. None of the six seeds, five seeds, four seeds, three seeds, two seeds, one seeds. That and that's usual. I think I saw a stat earlier that Texas, in the history of their NCAA volleyball program, is thirty-five and zero in the first round. You know the, these things don't happen. But I will say to to Coppin State's credit, they're they're a strong team. they were able to win their conference tournament against. Uh, who's usually the team coming out of their conference, Howard University. They were able to beat them in the in the final of their conference tournament. Uh, you've got Tori Stafford's older sister playing for Coppin State. So there's gonna be a little, you know, familial uh, interest there as well. And you never wanna you never wanna discount that. A team that has, you know, clearly played their way into the tournament is is motivated it's the first time coffin state has ever made the ncaa tournament so you never want to discount it entirely but here sitting you know from the the pundit chair it, it's it's not likely to happen and you can pretty much write in pen Pitt going through to the second round
1: just saying if the unthinkable happens james <laughs> you are gonna be on the record going down in history Freezing cold takes is going to be rough.
0: I'm willing to take that chance. I'm willing to be the bulletin board material <laughs> That's fine.
1: Yeah, just on the tiny off chance. Ooh, it's going to be rough for you, buddy. All right, <laughs> so let's just assume that you're right and that Pitt takes care of business and they beat Coppin State. Uh, the next match would be uh, potentially USC on Saturday. That's if Chalk wins out, if the favorites win out. Now, that's a program that people are familiar with in terms of all athletics uh, how how are they in volleyball how much of a test could could USC be to the Panthers
0: well there'd be a huge test and I think the pundits outside of you know even even my punditry have said that this is one of the, the toughest if not the toughest second round matchup for one of the title contenders I mean it's usually the case that the number one and number two seeds get sort of not easy, but very eminently winnable matches in the second round. With USC, it's a lot of things, but it's number one, first and foremost, Skylar Fields. Um, once she gets a few kills in the first round against UMBC, she will be number one in the NCAA in kills this season. Um, and she is really, one of the most talented, if not the most talented, outside hitter in the nation. Transferred from Texas, where she was already one of the best hitters in the country, has only continued to prove it at USC, she takes on a huge load on the offense. I mean, she gets, in some matches that have gone four or five sets, 60, 65, 70 swings in a match, and she's capable of it. She is capable of having the entire offense go through her. Um, it, you mentioned, you know, USC's history as an athletics program. I was there. I have a graduate of the University of Southern California, and it's not just all of athletics. It is specifically in women's volleyball. They have won national championships, you know, gone to final fours under, under Mick uh, Haley, won national titles. And so they have the pedigree there. They're not going to be intimidated by any team in the country, certainly not Pitt which is kind of one of the rising stars of college volleyball, not a blue blood that has been around and, you know, gone to final fours for decades like USC has. So it's going to be a test. And if Pitt can, you know, stay within themselves, play their game and be able to contain, because you're not going to stop, but contain Skylar Fields on the attack, they'll be able to advance. But it is going to be a tough test to be sure.
1: Yeah, you quoted and quoted from Kayla Lund, former Pitt volleyball player on Twitter, that, that she's scary. And that certainly does seem to be the case. As you said, they're not really going to be able to stop her. It's more about containing her because if this is in fact a second round matchup, she's going to give them one hell of a difficult uh, battle. No question. And
0: and Pitt fans who have followed this scene the last few years need only to look back a couple of years ago, a second round matchup that Pitt had, Against Jordan Thompson and Cincinnati. And it was a similar situation. Pitt had the hosting rights all the way through the Elite Eight. But in that second round, a strong Cincinnati team, again, up and down, were not as, you know, were not the same winning team without Jordan Thompson as they were with it. Same thing with USC. Without Skylar Fields, kind of a, you know, a mediocre team. But with Skylar Fields, capable of beating top 10 opponents. And that's what happened when Cincinnati came in. Jordan Thompson got the swings from the front row, from the back row, and they were able to pull off a five-set upset. USC is certainly capable of it. I don't expect USC to win this, but I am nervous. More nervous than I would be with some other matchups that Pitt could have possibly been in line for because USC has a higher ceiling, especially with fields there, than other eight seeds would have in this tournament.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not an easy draw that the Panthers have had where they could potentially face USC in that second round, USC playing in the first round, UMBC. And as you said, James, this isn't like the NCAA tournament where UMBC is going to pull off a huge upset in the first round. Most likely Uh, it would probably be USC versus Pitt uh, come that second round. Let's talk about if they advanced past that, they would face either four-seed Washington State, five-seed Dayton, then there's a chance at Pepperdine or Grand Canyon. If they're able to get out of the first two rounds, if they beat Fields and they get past USC, what do you think their chances would be in the Sweet 16 against a team like Dayton or Wazoo?
0: Well, the chances are very good because as we talked about, you get the home court advantage, you get to play in an even- better home court advantage, I would say. I think this Pitt team historically is more comfortable in the field house than they are in the Peterson event center. Mm -hmm. It's where they play most of their home matches. They have something like, you know, 90, maybe even more percent uh, winning percentage under Dan Fisher in the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse. Something ridiculous. That is truly their home, and they're going to be very comfortable playing there. Um, Not to discount Dayton or, you know, any of the other schools in that regional, uh, but Washington state is the favorites to come out of it. The sub-regional they're playing at home. And you know, truly this was a Washington state team that a month or two ago was in line for a number one seed. I think it was the end of October, early November that the committee had one of its early top tens kind of drumming up interest. And Wazoo was the number five overall team in the nation they struggled a little bit toward the end of the season in Pac-12 play, lost a few more matches and dropped themselves all the way down to the 4 seed, but they are they have the ability to play like a number 1 or a number 2 seed. So they're the most likely team to come out of that and they are going to be very stout defensively. Um, so if if it if it comes to that, it's kind of going to be strength against strength where, you know, a lot of pit strength comes from, you know, the block and the defense that they've built and same with with Washington State, so we'll we'll see how that develops. But to be to be honest, it's it's almost the case that I like Pitt more in the Sweet 16 than I do Pitt in the second round against USC. That's a testament to USC and Schuyler Fields, but also just how much more comfortable they play at the Fieldhouse as opposed to the Pitt, or at least you know had previous Pitt teams had a lot of new players, a new group. But me as a fan, more comfortable with them at the Fieldhouse.
1: Yeah, and that's really interesting. So a lot of times you would see it sort of being the opposite. Okay, maybe they play the first couple rounds at the Fitz and then they would move to the Pete. In this case, because of basketball scheduling, the Pete is going to be occupied, but they want to at least try to pack, you know, get as many people in there as possible as when they can. So maybe for the sales team of the athletic department, they're not so thrilled that the matches are going to be at the Fitzgerald because they can't fit in as many people in there. But, as you were saying, this team seems to play better at the field house. they It's going to be absolutely packed. And so, while, yes, there would be more people overall in the peat, there would still be possibly some, you know, empty seats here, empty seats there, whereas the Fitzgerald fieldhouse is going to be packed. and, you know, it, it can get tight in there, and that really drums up the atmosphere being in a smaller place. I mean, can you just talk about the difference between, playing in the Pete and playing in the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse?
0: I think we've noticed the difference, particularly in the last few NCAA tournaments, going between the two places. I think about the um, the 2021 Sweet 16 and Elite Eight when Pitt moved from the Pete to the Fieldhouse. They, they won the first and second rounds at the Pete, including a second round match against Penn State. That maybe a lot of Pitt fans don't remember because it was played the same night as the ACC football championship. The, the Kenny Pickett fake slide yep. went over Wake Forest. I don't blame Pitt fans for having their attention turned that way. But it was a, an incredibly tough battle. And it was one where Pitt was able to exercise demons in two different ways. They were able to exercise the demons of losing at the Pete in the first two rounds of the tournament, which they had done in in previous seasons to Michigan and, as I mentioned, to Cincinnati, and to beating Penn State at the Pete, which they had previously only played them there once, and it was previously the largest crowd in pit volleyball history, lost in five sets. They had lost to Penn State in the NCAA tournament a lot at Rec Hall in State College so a huge monkey off their backs for that win and then once they got into the sweet 16 it was kansas in the in the regional semifinal and I, I don't know it it seemed to me that it was more comfortable for them there they were back in their own environment it was it was it's a smaller venue they don't have to adjust the way they see you know Sets and the ball moving.
1: And, I was going to you know, say, real, yeah, even just like peripheral vision, you know, they talk about in baseball, like the batter's eye and needing that sort of thing. It's totally different in a big arena like the Pete.
0: Absolutely. And I think they have a better sense of where they are on the courts and, you know, watching the ball and, you know, kind of tracking things, the lighting. A lot of things are different. So you get that sense of comfort in the field house. And they were, you know, able to pretty easily dispatch Kansas. Purdue in the Elite Eight was tougher. Um, A very good team led by Grace Cleveland at outside hitters. They had to contain her, um, but won that in four sets. And I will tell you, attending that match, that Elite Eight match against Purdue, complete sellout. Uh, I think people were left standing in line at the door who couldn't get in. Like, we are out of room. There, There is no more space. And what an incredible atmosphere to part of crowd to be a part of huge noise uh, huge love for the team so i'm advising pit fans if you're listening to this and you think oh maybe i want to go you know check out this team in the tournament look get their first second round if you can especially second round saturday night for usc but provided they make it to the next round you want to get on those tickets right away because the field house will sell out and if it ends up being Pitt and Louisville in the Elite Eight for the spot in the Final Four, gosh, you're talking about some some true history <laughs> being made. That is going to be one for the books and one that you know could be, in a sense, program-defining in the way that Pitt and Louisville has become such a big rivalry. And that is just going to be another key moment in the, the development of of this huge Pitt Louisville
1: rivalry. Yeah, that, that could be an absolutely massive thing if Pitt is able to vanquish Louisville, beat them at home in the Elite Eight. So let's talk about that potential matchup. Now there is a chance that it could be Creighton that makes it there. They're they're the three seed and hosting their sub regional. But and, and I'll say credit to Creighton. Strong
0: team, you know, doing well this season and they're always well coached. They're always kind of there amongst the kind of, you know, 10 to 15 best teams in the nation. And as you pointed out earlier, Louisville dropped a set to right state. It's not outside the realm of possibility that Louisville and Creighton could come into Pittsburgh at a neutral site and we see Creighton win. Granted, we're not going to talk about that any further. We're going to yeah. talk about the possibility of Louisville. But yes, that that is certainly, you know, a possibility for a strong Creighton program.
1: Yeah. Louisville playing Western Michigan in the second round. So we'll see if, uh, if they're able to get anything done. Uh, so let's assume that Pitt makes it to the elite eight Louisville makes it to the elite eight. This is, as you were just mentioning, a really budding, exciting, budding rivalry. And, since we last spoke was the Pitt Louisville match in Pittsburgh at the Peterson event center where the Panthers got the reverse sweep and they came back down from uh two nothing in sets and they won three straight. Absolutely incredible. The atmosphere seemed amazing. The fact that this team was down two sets and then came back and was able to win. And at multiple points, it seemed like they were going to come close, but not quite. They just could not, slay the white whale and and they were able to do it they took down Louisville what did that victory mean to them and really to everyone almost mentally the fact that they saw like they were able to do it they saw it with their own eyes they did it with their own hands and legs like they were able to beat this team that they've struggled with for the last couple years
0: obviously huge massive Um, I think to that point, after they lost the second set, and by the way, not just going down two sets to none, but they were up, I believe, 24 to 20 in that second set and allowed Louisville, they had the serve, they allowed Louisville to, to roll off six consecutive points to lose. That's not a loss of a set. That's a gut punch to go down two nothing like that. And when that happened, that represented six consecutive sets that Pitt had lost to Louisville, dating back to the fifth and final set of the Final Four in Omaha last year. So you were just left with this feeling of, gosh, doesn't Louisville really have our number? And it, it was tough because you had drawn 8,800 people to the Peterson Event Center, you had drawn by far the biggest crowd in program history. And the sense was, man, if you can't even take a set off this team in you know such a big spotlight when you've drawn in so many you know fans and and people to check you out, and this showed the true resilience, the the fortitude, and to be honest, the the ability of a team with so many young players you know carrying the load like you know Olivia Babcock and Tori Stafford and and new players coming in that this group is made of something different. Um I'm, I'm gonna quote again from from Kayla Lund, um who, you know, had if you if you want to listen to an even longer discussion of Pit Volleyball and a more than hour long discussion on another podcast that I will not name while I'm on this podcast. <laughs> it's fine. We're easy. all
1: friendly, but you yeah.
0: can find you can find pretty easily the simple five podcast. Um, she, she said that this group of, you know, of Babcock and Stafford and Heitey and Blair Bayless, she says she would be surprised if they don't win a national title by the time they get through their four years at Pitt. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year. But that is truly a testament to the talent that they bring in and just that they are already at you know 18 and 19 years old, really fully-fledged, you know, top tier NCAA volleyball players. And so from that, you you add on, you know, Valeria Vasquez Gomez took on a lot of swings in the later uh sets of that match. You talk about the defense that Pitt was able to provide. And honestly, a little bit of luck. You know, Anna De Beer in the fifth and final set. She had a, a swing, you know, a little roll shot that just went went straight into the net. Sometimes you need that too. But what it what it proved was it's not necessarily the case that Louisville has Pitt's number. They have won five of the last seven matches against Pitt, but Pitt's got the most recent one. And when you when you take it back to the field house, getting the extra crowd support, getting that X factor, being comfortable in your own gym could really make the difference. But man, if we if we do get that Pitt Louisville Elite Eight, a rematch of last year's Final Four with the rivalry. It's anybody's match. It really is.
1: That would just be absolutely incredible, Pitt Louisville in the Fitzgerald fieldhouse. As you said, if if that happens, if it looks like it's gonna happen, folks, if you're in Pittsburgh, get your tickets, because that is going to be absolutely wild, that atmosphere. So if Pitt is able to get that victory, then they would go back to the final four. Um this year it's in Tampa, it's not Omaha, so that could be potentially a little bit helpful. Uh, Helps me, because I, I
0: much prefer December in Florida versus <laughs> December in Nebraska.
1: <laughs> yeah, that certainly sounds a little bit nicer. Uh, so, if that happens, and let's just say that it's chalk across the board, and you've got these other number one seeds in the Final Four, That includes Nebraska, that includes Wisconsin, that includes Stanford. Some absolutely massive heavy hitters in volleyball. Uh, Certainly we've seen what they've been able to do in Nebraska this year at home. And again, that's why I mentioned it's a a good thing for a few reasons that it's not an Omaha. What would Pitt's chances be? Because we know they can compete with these top-end ACC programs. We know that they can compete uh you know with some of these top Pac-12 programs you know playing close with with Oregon and stuff like that but when it comes down to it uh if they were to face a team like Nebraska uh in the national semifinal uh and then potentially Wisconsin or Stanford in the national championship do you think this pit team this year i know you said maybe in the next couple of years do you think this year they're they're at that level is it realistic to think that they could actually beat a team like Nebraska volleyball.
0: It is realistic. And it is in that realm of possibility when you see their body of work, what they you know been able to do against, you know, other top 10 opponents beating Kentucky, you know, on back-to-back occasions. Granted that was earlier in the season, a little more banged up Kentucky team, but a team that ended up as a two seed. Yep. You see what they did against Oregon, and it, it went the distance, went to five sets, and I believe in the end, total points were the same, Oregon came out on top, and then we, we talked about the Louisville match.
1: This is and Those are three two-seeds, three of the four two-seeds you just mentioned.
0: Exactly. So, and the other caveat I want to add is that even though the, the tournament itself can be very chalky, people have talked about this season of NCAA volleyball having more parity than almost any other. So we could see more of the, the two or three seeds, you know, bump a number one seed entirely possible. Maybe, maybe even a four seed. You look at maybe the top 13, 14, 15 teams in the country, all very strong. Going back to your question. Can they beat Nebraska? Yes, I think any team in this tournament is vulnerable. We saw Nebraska get swept by Wisconsin to to close out the regular season. As incredibly strong as Nebraska is, and they are, they're young. They're they're young in the same way that that Pitt is, and they have they have freshmen taking on a lot of the roles too, a lot of the the key roles. Um, and so it's going to be a, a different atmosphere for those freshmen, and who will be able to handle that atmosphere? the best. Um, you don't want to think too far ahead, but gosh, even though it's in Tampa as opposed to Omaha, the Nebraska fans are so crazy-go-nuts, they might buy 10,000 tickets of the you know, 19 20,000 in the arena in Tampa, and the Wisconsin fans might take the other 10,000. So it'll be... <laughs> It'll be a sea of red, I think, no matter what in Tampa, because those those fan bases, you know, they're they're used to this success and right. they are already planning their, their tickets to Tampa. So it's going to be a difficult atmosphere, no doubt. But as I mentioned, Pitt has proven itself against some of the top teams in the country. They're not going to be intimidated. Certainly the players that were there last year and went up to Madison to the UW Fieldhouse and that Loud, I think I still have some ringing in my ears from that game last December. N- nothing is going to intimidate them. So they are right up there with the rest of the title contenders. Are they the number one contender? I don't think so. I think Wisconsin is still the the odds-on favorite. If there were betting lines on <laughs> college volleyball in Vegas, <laughs> Wisconsin might be your number one, followed by Nebraska. But Pitt's right in that, that next tier um, with a lot of other truly strong teams.
1: Yeah, and it really is incredible that Pitt is at this level that they are in that top tier. Like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that Pitt could win a national championship. They're a number one seed, and they I mean they like you said if they were taking odds in Vegas, like Pitt would be third, fourth, like at worst the fifth best odds. They are one of the top teams. It just when we talked about Louisville being sort of a a, a boogeyman, the white whale for Pitt volleyball, they don't have the negative history that they do with Louisville with, uh, with Nebraska or Wisconsin, as you mentioned, you know, Wisconsin last year was, was a huge moment, but this year, both of those teams look amazing. They're storied programs. And as you said, the fan bases are going to travel no matter what because that's that's what they do. That's the culture of it. And frankly, that's what Pitt is hoping to develop with the pit volleyball culture that people get just as into that as they are with pit football, pit men's basketball and and so on. so it's it's going to it would be a tough task if they get to that point. but it, it it's pretty amazing that they are at the point that we're realistically talking about Pitt making it to a final four and a real chance that they could take down a team like Nebraska, that they could take down a team like Wisconsin and win a national championship. Uh, What is it to to you to sort of see this program build over the last decade uh, that, now Pitt is one of these top teams in the country. And the next time we're talking, I'm going to be away until after the tournament, but there's a chance the next time you and I talk, it's about a national championship Pitt volleyball team. I mean, what's that like for, just from, for you? Well, I love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> truly. I truly do. Cause when I hopped on the bandwagon uh, for this team in, in 2018, you know, I, followed volleyball in the past at my alma mater, USC, and, you know, in, in other areas. It was, you know, astounding to me that Pitt was, at, at that point in the 2018 season, undefeated and one of the top 10 teams in the country because what I knew of women's college volleyball was the Blue Bloods, was yep. Penn State, Nebraska, some of the California teams, Texas, Wisconsin, maybe add a couple other Big Ten schools. The fact that Pitt was being mentioned among those was just amazing to me. And you simply cannot say enough about what Dan Fisher and his staff have built over the years. And truly, it's a culture. It is a culture of winning, a culture of believing in improving yourself. And I think the two best examples I can give, one— was earlier on in this season before uh, before Nebraska and Stanford started to climb up the rankings. I think at one point you had the, the number one teams in the country were something like Wisconsin, Florida, before they had some injuries and fell down the rankings, Louisville, and maybe one other team. They were all teams that Pitt had beaten in the previous calendar year. Florida, and Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament. So immediately you know that Pitt is capable of being one of the top teams in the nation when you see that and just make the comparisons. The other thing I think is so reflective of what Dan Fisher and company have built and why they are truly in the the national title consideration is just looking at what the transfers have done the last couple of years when they've been brought in. Brie Kelly, we only saw for a few games before, unfortunately, she was injured, and hopefully we see more last year. But Emma Monks, coming from Michigan State, and truly being one of the most fearsome blockers in the nation, bringing that up to bear. Um, Courtney Bazario at Iowa, was a good outside hitter, but was not putting up nearly the numbers she was able to do at Pitt. Same with LeCator member of Manet, who came from Missouri, and you watched, you know, one time her make a leap and go for a ball. It was like, what was going on in Missouri that they couldn't take advantage of that, of, of Serena Gray and the, the leadership that she brought to the program? how quickly those transfers were able to develop you know add reach more of their potential and contribute to in in a couple cases a final four team is is really indicative of what this pit volleyball program can do once it has the right players in place are they going to be able to recruit against the, you know, the Nebraska's and Texas's and Wisconsin's of the world and be at a higher level? Maybe not. But as we enter into the future and Pitt having, you know, on the way the newest volleyball facility in the country, you know, a dedicated volleyball practice facility and the newest arena to play in everything state of the art, you know, that the ACC will be in contention with the Big 10 and the SEC jockeying with them to be the top volleyball conference. Mm-hmm. Really, it's it's not it, it seems like Pitt can continue to be at this level. Now, I'm trying to enjoy this. I don't <laughs> want to expect that they're going to continue to be a top 5 team and a final 4 team. I'm trying to embrace what what is there right now and, you know, not take it for granted. But truly, they have the they have everything lining up to continue to be at this level and get multiple bites of the apple, multiple chances to win this national title and be the first pit program in more than forty years to do so.
1: Really, an incredible opportunity that they have uh, coming up, and as you said, could be for a couple years. They, they might have a, a few chances over these next few years, and who knows? But. Right now, they've it's it's survive in advance, win or go home. You got one match, and you have to win to play again. and it's all in front of them. They hold the power, uh, and it's pretty incredible before we go, James. Um, if we were going to vegas and and, and you <laughs> had to to say where you think Pitt ends up when this is all said and done uh, in this tournament, how far do you think that they go? I thought
0: about it a lot
1: it's it's close for me between
0: them going to the final four again and 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 losing in the in the you know national semifinal again and them taking that next step and making the the national title game i think if i had to put my money where my mouth is it would still be to the final four and i see nebraska their most likely opponent there as just you know a a, a touch better you know a a touch tougher you know gauntlet that they've had to go through maybe you know a couple more strong pieces there and lexi rodriguez being (laughs) first and foremost you know she she gave pit fits in the national semifinal a couple years ago they couldn't get the ball to the floor past her and you know here she would be again so that that's the toughest thing in my mind is, is trying to get past what Nebraska has built defensively. So I'd wager on another Final Four. Which heck, if they if they make it to another Final Four, I'm over the moon. The, yeah. This is in, still an incredible program to watch. They'll get more chances, and to just be able to follow that and maybe even get a win over Louisville in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that that's a that's a win in my book.
1: All right, I, I'm kind of the same i'm thinking final four it's tough to imagine anything stopping a nebraska wisconsin championship match Mm -hmm. but uh again if pitt beats louisville in the elite eight they make it to the final four absolutely huge accomplishment
0: well and hey look i'll add one other thing which is that's the conversation i mean uh, across the country you know the experts the pundits They're seeing a Wisconsin-Nebraska national title game. They're seeing that ABC is airing it for the first time. You know, the possibility of a big audience for the two biggest volleyball programs. That's what they project. Puts Pitt in kind of a nice position where they don't have a lot to lose. They can be the party crashers. They can be the ones to say, "You're, you're not getting that. We're here. We're just as good. Let's get us ourselves to the national title game. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, they're certainly playing with house money, uh, to to keep the the Vegas thing going. Uh, James, thank you so much for doing this. Please tell the listeners where they can find you, follow you, check out some of the stuff you do.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'll be, you know, continuing to uh, to tweet through the the tournament on Twitter X at uh, James Santelli. Also on Instagram, if you want to follow, I take uh, videos and post them on my Instagram story during the tournament. So if you can't be there at the the Peter at the Field House, I really wish you could. If you can't follow along, uh, it's going to be a fun tournament. Absolutely,
1: it's going to be incredibly exciting. Uh, folks, if you are in Pittsburgh uh, and you're able to, you can support these Panthers live and up close. It's the, the barrier for entry is low, it's so exciting, especially live. So, if you're able to go, uh, please make that a priority. If you're not able to go, uh, please find a way to watch or keep up with what's happening uh, because this team has a chance to do something really special. And and they certainly could use uh, that, that home support and that home attention. So uh, we will be back um, after the tournament, uh, hopefully with some, some bright news uh, here on Olympic golden blue, I'm going to be uh, on and off the grid for the next couple weeks, weeks, uh, unfortunately during the tournament. But when, uh, when we get back, uh, we'll, we'll, be talking about a ton of stuff here on the pit talk network. So make sure wherever you get podcasts, you subscribe to pit talk network and, uh, and you can also follow at pit talk network on Twitter. Uh, but certainly make sure that you follow subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I am Corey E Cohen on Twitter. You can follow me as well. Uh, he's James Santelli for James Santelli. I'm Corey Cohen. We'll see you next time on the pit talk network.